Hello everybody and welcome to the Australian Seller Podcast. My name is Chris Thomas and I'll be your host and this is the show where we talk about all things Amazon and e-commerce, whether it be private label, wholesale, dropshipping and how you can generate a recurring income either on the side or as a full-time gig. G'day, g'day everybody. Welcome back to this week's show. Now you might remember a couple of weeks ago while I was up at Retail Global, I moderated a panel on international e-commerce expansion and one of the panelists there was a gentleman by the name of Justin Huang. Now, apart from running restaurants, Justin is also the partnerships manager for a company called Airwallex, who's an international payments provider. He's a very, very busy guy. And when I was running the panel, Justin was telling the story about how his company that sells bubble tea kits, mainly through his Shopify website, the Bubble Tea Club, actually it's bubbleteaclub.com.au, in its last 12 months sold over $2 million of bubble tea kits. It was such an interesting story that I had to get him onto the show and talk to us about how he was able to do that. Now, with e-commerce, he's also sold furniture. He's sold pillowcases, fidget spinners, masks, hand sanitizer, hoverboards, board games, you name it. Uh, Justin also has an exclusive offer to share with us. He's offering $20,000 worth of free foreign exchange or FX with Airwallex. And if you want priority onboarding as well, so head over to airwallex.com forward slash the Australian seller to claim the offer that Justin's kindly made for us today. Justin's also going to be coming to the next edition of the Amazon Collective, which, as you might remember as well, is a mastermind of six, seven and eight figure Amazon sellers that Regina and I are holding together again in July. So block out the 29th, the 30th and the 31st of July to join a small group of very big Australian Amazon sellers to mastermind and take your business to the next level. International speakers Amy Weiss and Paul Barron will be flying in to participate. It's unmissable, seriously. So to learn more, head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash collective. Now, don't forget about the upcoming India sourcing trip, 19, well, 1922, 2022. <laughs> I'm so excited to be invited back by Megler again as a coach. So please join me and dozens of other Amazon and e-commerce sellers on the experience of a lifetime to New Delhi on the 12th all the way through to the 19th of October of 2022. So to register your interest, just head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash India. And don't forget my Facebook group as well. Head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash Facebook. And of course, as usual, I'm still offering private coaching. So head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash Chris to book an hour session with me and make sure that you're heading in the right direction. Uh, Now, if you own or work for a consumer products brand and need a bit of help setting up or running your Amazon business, feel free to get in touch with me at got a new agency it's amosphere.com.au and we're an official amazon service provider but anyway enough with all that let's get on with today's show with justin huang and welcome back to another episode of the australian seller podcast and today i'm delighted to welcome justin huang from airwallex justin how are you Really good. Really excited to, to be here. <laughs> That's great. We, uh, we're going to talk about e-commerce today. We're going to talk about your fantastic bubble tea business. So before we get started, um, do you want to give the listeners a bit of an intro into wh- who are you? What do you, what do, you do? Um, I feel like I do a lot of different things. I mm-hmm. definitely have tried a lot of different businesses. Some have worked, some that haven't. So um, background is I started as an accountant. Um Mm-hmm. in tax, specifically GST, which was super exciting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then from there, I actually like um, had a tutoring business first, but then kind of fell into e-commerce. So I was traveling in Thailand with uh, one of my best mates, John, 
Mm-hmm. And we came across these really cute pillowcases where basically there's like two stick figures. Um, and then on one side of the pillow, it'd be, uh, it'd be like a male stick figure throwing mm-hmm. a paper plane to the other pillowcase where there's a female stick figure catching it. Um, and That's I was cute. so sure that this was going to be the next big thing. So I think in 2013, um, we started selling on, on, on our own Shopify site um, right. and also on eBay. So um, since then, we've tried heaps of different products. So Give us a list because <laughs> um, the pillowcase thing seems really cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so we did jewelry. Um, uh-huh. But it turns out in 2013, well, in 2013, when we got into jewelry, we thought anchors and owls were in. Turns out that was 2012, and in 2013, pugs were in. So right. I was left with all these owls. And I mean, like two dudes doing jewelry, like what we were expecting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then from there, we got into um, just all these different knickknacks. Like we got into like like these things called miracle berries that turn sour things into sweet. We got mm-hmm. into um, like different bottle uh, bottle openers. We got into cufflinks, like all the different things that you can think of selling when you just start out. We, yep. we tried a lot of those things. Right, right. Um, and then the thing that we fell into that became the main thing that we fell into was board games. So okay. um, from there, we started off on eBay selling like a whole different range of board games. And Where were um, you getting the board games from? From different distributors. So right. we actually came across a pretty unique market because back in 2013, most distributors weren't selling to online sellers. You had to have uh-huh. a and mortar store. Mm-hmm. Um, but the board game industry was quite unique in that there's multiple distributors. So that kind of allowed us to, to get an in. And then from there, um, it's grown into a business called Gameology now. So that's a great name for a business. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, cool. So then, so you've got Gameology. I think you mentioned off air that you are selling some of those games, or one or two of them, in the UK. Is that right? In, on Amazon. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. we started creating, like recently, we started creating our own games. Um, and yeah, we when we were examining how to sell. Yeah. Um, the Amazon FBA is just so much cheaper than a 3PL and postage. Like I yeah. think I think the cost of Amazon picked and packed and sent was the same price as the 3PL accepting and then like packing yeah. it, not even including the postage. So <laughs> Got it, got it. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, um, so, yeah, it is. I mean, that's a great thing about FBA. It is, at the end of the day, it is generally heaps cheaper than using, you know, a 3PL and they handle everything for you. So that's pretty cool. All right. Yeah. so. You're so, and then in the US, I think you're also selling on Amazon uh, as well. But that's just one product there at the moment, isn't it? That you're yeah, yeah. So we've just got one product in in the UK at the moment, which is the the drinking game. And okay. Then in the US, we've got um, some bubble tea cups as well. Right. Well, let's talk about bubble tea. How did you? Was it just you? Or was it you? Was you and your business partner John are selling the bubble tea? Uh, bubble tea is actually mainly run by my wife um, okay. and then um, her business partners, Pamela and another guy called Yee and then my little brother called Tim. So right. uh, how that started was basically when COVID hit, um, we tried all these different things. We tried a different website every every week and mm. we tried a puzzle website. We tried to create a directory um, and then we stumbled across bubble tea and then that went viral. So um yeah, and then that that became kind of our focus for for that kind of um, COVID period. Wow! So talk to me about how you source those 
the bubble tea? Like, where does that come from? Once you've got a bit of traction, obviously, you need to to find bubble tea to sell. Where where does where are you sourcing from? Um, so we're sourcing all our ingredients from Taiwan because um, uh-huh. that's the home of bubble tea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, shipping has been really crazy in terms of I think yeah. from the start of COVID to midway through COVID, container prices had two point like two and a half times. Yeah. More five x. So that was one of the big challenges of of mm-hmm. importing from Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. All right, and then, so you, you're importing from Taiwan. I'm, I'm assuming into Australia for fulfillment into the the Australian market, or is it a global market from your website? Uh, at the moment, it's just the Australian market, and we okay. do some global. Although shipping is very expensive, um, yeah. yeah. But our plan is to expand um, globally. Interesting. So what, this happened. I'm assuming then at the beginning of 2020. So or sort of into the pandemic or the plague. So you were so that how quickly did that business grow, and how are you able to scale it, and how are you advertising it? There's so many questions, honestly. I've got millions of questions about this. Um, so we in the first twelve months we did two million dollars in revenue, so <laughs> right. that was pretty amazing. Um, especially like for my brother and my wife, who it's their first business, it was pretty exciting for them. Yeah. Um, in terms of staffing, we had a lot of. I've actually got restaurants as well, so that's kind of the main thing <laughs> I've been doing for the last couple of years. Oh my god! So I was able to get a lot of help from uh, the staff in the restaurants. That's right, because they couldn't work in the restaurants. Yeah, exactly, because the restaurants yeah. were all closed. That's right. So, so they were they helped us a lot, and then it was just a lot of long nights and yep. a lot of long days packing and sending things out. So you didn't use the 3PL for this for the fulfillment side of things. You it sounds like you were, you had your own kind of storage facility somewhere where you're receiving containers full of bubble tea things and and um, and just packing orders as they came in on the website. Yeah, pretty much. Like we started off doing it out of one of our shops, um, uh-huh. but obviously that wasn't super sustainable once we hit the bigger numbers. Um, yeah, yeah. And then we got a warehouse probably six months in. Okay. Um, to do our own fulfillment. Um, that was before I had such a great knowledge about 3PLs and Amazon FBA. So yeah. in hindsight, from don't know if we would have got the warehouse again, but I guess yeah. it's part of the learning. It's part of the journey, part of the learning process. That's right. I mean, one of the things that you could have done was send your inventory into Amazon for, for third-party fulfillment as well because um, that, that's pretty reasonable to do it that way. And I, I do know a few retailers or online retailers here in Australia that have websites that use Amazon's fulfillment service. Mm. So they basically use Amazon as their 3PL. That, that works really well because the speed of the shipping is just ridiculous. Yeah, like I remember we were, yeah, like some of the stuff is just so cheap. Like when we, during COVID, I also imported furniture because I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, it's so cheap on on Alibaba, on Taobao. Like, yeah. And, you know, like all the furniture stores here are charging, you know, three, four times for the same piece of furniture. But uh-huh. There's a reason why they do that. It's, it's because yeah. it's really bulky and it's really hard to actually like put together. That they break. There's actually a reason. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm not doing furniture anymore. But when we were doing it, we did look at Amazon FBA as as the way to to actually uh, send it nationally. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I've told this story once before on the podcast, maybe once or twice now. But um, a few years ago, I was looking at we a business partner and I at the time were offered a container full of mattresses. You know the ones the mattress in a boxes. Yeah, and the supplier in China sent us two samples of two queen size mattresses, and one of which we took out of the box to sort of see if it was any good, which it was. 
Um, but then we realized we couldn't put it back in the box. So then it was going, <laughs> they don't go back in people. So we're like, okay, so we're stuck with, with a mattress that's out of the box now, literally. Uh, but we had one in the box and it was like, well, if we get a container full of these things, we start selling e-commerce, you know, eBay, Amazon, whatever, can we actually fulfill these things to, to Australian customers? And um, so I just called up Sendall here in Australia and, um, and said, can I ship one of these to Amazon in, in Sydney? Created a shipping plan for it and um, sent it into Amazon in Sydney. And it actually sold on Amazon in less than 24 hours and got delivered for $22. And it was huge. It was, it was enormous. It was just in the, in the absolute limit of the threshold that Amazon would accept into FBA at the time. So, oh, nice. yeah. so yeah, it was really cheap. No, well, then the, the, the deal fell through. We, we were offered a container full uh, where we had six months to pay the balance on the, you know, the value of the goods in the container. But mm-hmm. then something happened and it, it kind of fell through. It was disappointing because I, I was pretty confident after that having sold one on Amazon and it only took about 10 minutes <laughs> to get rid of it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this could be good. It uh, didn't, didn't work out, unfortunately, but um, that's all right. But now, listen, I'm just going to ask the most obvious question here, but can you explain to people that perhaps have never heard of bubble tea, what is bubble tea? Bubble tea is delicious drink based out of that came from Taiwan. Yeah. And essentially, the basis of it is tea, um, uh-huh. milk, and then these little tapioca pills, uh, tapioca balls called pearls. Mm. Um, but the reason why it's called bubble tea is actually because um, previously when they used to make it, or when you're making bubble tea, you're actually meant to shake it and then there's a lot of bubbles that come up. That uh-huh. foams up because people because you're shaking it. Mm-hmm. Um, big misconception is that it's called bubble tea because of the bubbles that are inside the inside the drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, but specifically, it's a sweet, creamy, and also chewy drink. <laughs> it gives <laughs> okay. you all the textures. <laughs> yeah, I think I think is it similar to because my kids occasionally you know I'll take them down to the shopping mall after school and they'll go to a place called Char Time. I think it's called. Is it? Yeah. And they have the little pearls that go in. Those teas, my kids love that. Yeah, yeah, they're they're actually the the biggest, I think, in the biggest bubble tea um, chain in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, if you do yourself a favour, if um, if you're listening and you want to find out what bubble tea is all about, yeah, head down to Char Time or order from or bubble tea club. Or bubble tea club. (laughs) (laughs) So, what's that URL before we even get to the end of the show? Bubbletea.club.com. I'm assuming .au or something. Uh, .com.au. Yeah. There you go. Have you got the .com domain? Uh, unfortunately not. <laughs> Dang it. Dang it. That's, yeah, always a, always a good move. Try and protect that as well. Yeah. It's pretty important yeah. if you're going to go international that you, t- you spoke about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so we've got ourselves a $2 million business grown literally in one year. Is it, it Was it a fad? Did you just catch onto a fad? Is it, is it declining? Is it still growing? Where, where's the business at today? Um, I think it's, it has definitely softened a bit. So okay. we don't think it's a fad because we're still, you know, we're still pretty busy. But mm. um, the iOS 14 changes definitely hurt us a bit in terms of our paid advertising. Yeah. Um, and then also people are just out and about now. Like in terms of when we started, people were locked at home. So yep. everyone obviously wanted like the DIY kind of market really took off. Mm-hmm. Um, but then now everyone's out and about. Like my restaurant business has actually improved a lot, and I think yep. that's just spend moving away from e-commerce and into other parts of of the yeah, economy. The regular economy, that's right. Mm. So, how many units a day were you shipping? Are you shipping every single day? I think at our peak, we were doing over five, six hundred orders. Oh my um, god! At our peak, 
Yeah. That's absolutely crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty mental. Like we'd fill up the whole Oz post truck. So it was pretty Yeah. yeah it was I, had a, I had a friend years ago that was selling Ugg boots and um, he caught on to the Ugg boot wave in the UK. Uh, this is probably about 2000 and something, like 2005 maybe, mm-hmm. maybe even before that. You know, it was probably around there, and um, yeah, he was he was doing something similar into the UK from Australia. He um, there was a there was an Ugg boot making factory down in Geelong, and he decided to get into e-commerce, and he decided he was going to sell Ugg boots, and obviously, and then so he actually saved this factory. The factory was going to close down, um, and he was ordering so many Ugg boots that they employed like another fifty people to keep up with the amount of orders that he was pumping out every day into the UK, and he was sending all of these parcels across the the ocean via Australia Post into the United Kingdom, and yeah, just sold sold millions. And I remember yeah. um, he said, "Oh, can you set me up with Google advertising, Google Ads?" And back then, Google Ads was really easy. These days, you need a university degree to <laughs> to run a campaign, but uh, and, and so I set him up with a, a really simple campaign, you know, just targeting the UK, running Google ads for his business. And then a couple of weeks later, he gets in touch with me and he says, um, oh, can you check my campaign? I just want to make sure that it's running properly. And I'm, I jump in there and he's spending $10,000 a day on Google ads. <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus, you you got to go broke. And uh, he's like, oh, no, no, I'm, you know, we're making around, you know, close to um, like, was it something like $120,000 a day in revenue or something? So, yeah, 10, 10 grand was nothing. But, uh, yeah, so it was like, right, well, let's spend more money. And uh, anyway, but that was a fad that kind of eventually died off. The Ugg boot craze disappeared. Yeah, I think with like fads, as long as you take enough off the table and there's enough of a demand, I think that's like, like you always get left with them. Like we've done, we were early to the fidget. We were the original fidget spinner wholesaler in Australia. So wow. that was like really good. But then now we've, we've still got fidget spinners we're giving away now, like four, <laughs> years, on, or four years on from the fad. Um, but yeah, so like that was a fad that we did. We did like the hoverboards. Um, yes. And that was obviously once the lithium battery started exploding, we've just yep. got heaps of stock. Um, yep. So I think with fads, as long as you can cash out a bit and don't take too much risk it's it's usually i mean like the latest ones obviously masks and um sanitizer, yeah, sanitizers right? yeah. sanitizer right there are so many so many companies that are giving away sanitizer because they want the warehouse space back that's it yeah it's all going to go into landfill i think i actually have a client in the u.s sorry is this is this a podcast about you you or me at the moment sorry it's <laughs> Just as we sit and have a chat, but I've got a client at the moment that has a lot of hand sanitizer sitting in with Amazon in the US. It's all stranded now. Amazon's closed all the listings down, and yeah, it's a, it's really ugly. So yeah, um, I was I think I was warning people at the beginning of the pandemic: don't get into PPE. <laughs> it's just I just could tell it was going to be the next you know big problem uh, child for a lot of sellers, which it's turned out to be. Um, I think even. Uh, even Kevin King, the legend, got caught up in the whole PPE world too and end up, uh, yeah, with a whole bunch of stranded inventory that he can't sell anymore. So, yeah, it's a, it was a big risk, uh, big bucks if you could get it, if you could land, if you could pull it off. But, uh, yeah, was a, the, the risk side seemed too too high for me uh, compared yeah. to the reward. Yeah. So, um, It's a massive timing thing. Like for us, we got into masks and then the, in the first pandemic and then we were actually stuck with heaps of them for ages until the there was the new mask mandate and then we managed to get rid of them. Phew. But, 
Yeah, but we're pretty lucky. I mean, not lucky actually, because I'd rather we didn't get locked down again. But yeah, it was yeah. I think a lot of it is 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 part of its luck and part of it's just managing your downside. I think. I think so too. And you being the accountant and all, you should be pretty good at that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So we've got all these businesses that we've started. Uh, some of them have kind of worked, some haven't. How do you launch these websites that you create these, you know, for each of these product categories that you're in? So I just use Shopify. I mean, mm. like it depends on the time. So when we first started the, like back in 2013, our thesis was like, that was when eBay was still number one and there was mm-hmm. no Amazon. So our thesis was always that, you know, eBay takes 10%. Um, how do we move this customer base from eBay onto our own website where we only yep. pay a much smaller fee? So that mm-hmm. was always like the overarching kind of strategy. Yep. Um, and then over time, we managed to move, I think now it's like 80% on our Shopify website and 20% other. Yep. Um, in terms of how to start, I think a lot of it is working out your acquisition channels, probably the, the first thing you need to do. So mm-hmm. working out like which channel people are going to buy on and yep. Amazon and all the kind of platforms are great for that because it gets your eyeballs on your product straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, like Shopify just makes it so easy to, to, to start something. So that's kind of what we default to. Yep. But I think the real key is, is making the websites not really the hard part. The hard part is working out like, do people want my product? Where are these people that want my product? And like, how do I show them that I have this product that they want? That's, right. you, that's probably the... The key thing that that, that really um, yeah that, that's the most important thing. All right. So with the bubble tea, then how did you where where was your audience and how did you reach them to promote the fact that you had this new website, the Bubble Tea Club? I mean, that was Facebook was amazing for that. Um, uh-huh. Having a restaurant background as well, we kind of already and especially Pam um, being a food blogger and also doing marketing for restaurants, we yeah. kind of already had a pretty good captive base of people who like to eat delicious things. <laughs> good. <laughs> um, so that was kind of like, it just kind of fell in naturally for that. Yep. But like, for example, something that's, you know, a bit more difficult, for example, like furniture where we had no customer base at all. Mm. Um, something like Facebook Marketplace was incredible for us and we actually moved two containers through that. Wow. Um, so I think it's just working out what your channel is um, yeah. and, Yeah. So, because Facebook Marketplace is so overlooked, I really need to do a podcast episode on Facebook Marketplace, I reckon. I reckon it's the next big thing. So do I. Yeah, I reckon it's like, because Facebook can tell that, you know, Justin is Asian guy, 29, you know, he's just just moved to a new apartment. You know what? He probably wants a charcoal barbecue, right? Because <laughs> other other similar people in this category want a charcoal barbecue. And they'll show me an ad for a charcoal barbecue way before I knew that I needed a charcoal barbecue, right? <laughs> Um, and I think that it's, yeah, I think that, that in itself is crazy because a lot of like, that's what Amazon is, was really big for, like is really big for, right. Their ability to kind of suggest things, but I think yeah. Facebook takes that to a new level because their data is just so much richer. That's right. And I think that's why Amazon has been trying to move more and more into the social to try and understand the interests of their customers. And, you know, they've introduced retargeting now, uh, you know, into their advertising platform. Um, which is available to all sellers in the United States. Hmm. It doesn't exist here in Australia yet, but uh, yeah, they've had they've had to go social to try and uh, gather even richer customer data in order to be able to you know present products that they may be interested either now or in the future. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, I think Amazon 
has a bunch of data, but yeah, Facebook just, I agree. I get some crazy relevant uh, marketplace ads in there that just sort of, you know, you know, when you're just browsing through and you see all of the, all the things that they're suggesting to you, it's really quite uncanny. And yeah. And I think if you look at China, like I think China's e-commerce is a lot more advanced than Australia and the Western world. And if you look yeah. over there, social selling is, is basically where it's at. So in terms of, there's a lot of different live streamers who will live stream themselves, you know, for example, drinking wine with a lot of wine behind them. And they'll be like, you know, today I've got this amazing bottle of Shiraz, only 50 bottles at this price. It's almost like QVC coming yeah. back into, it's like QVC, except you have a more of a connection with the person that's now live streaming. Yep. Um, and I know that in on Facebook, like, there's, a, there's quite a few businesses that are starting to use Facebook Live for that purpose. So I yeah. definitely think that's quite an interesting channel. Me too. Okay. That is still that you can that you're still early to. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's Facebook Live. Um, Amazon has Amazon Live as well. So a lot <laughs> of influencers live there, and they they make money from you know affiliate marketing together with uh, just getting paid by brands to promote you know mm. their products. And a lot of these um, Amazon Live people, mostly women, but there are quite a few men as well. But they have quite large followings as well. So every time they post something. Uh, or they go live. Uh, they've got all these people that just jump on the live on their, you know, on their Prezo, whatever they're doing, and uh, and then those live videos as well. They sit around forever, so yes. you know it's perpetual. It's amazing. Yeah. So you've so you've launched Bubble Tea. The audience primarily on Facebook. Were you running any Google ads or anything like that? Or oh uh, yeah, yeah. So we run Google ads, run Facebook ads. Um, uh-huh. We do. We did some PR as well. Um, and, yeah, and then did you do did you do, do any influences or anything like that yeah, as definitely. well? Um, I think with influences, so we did definitely. So we sent out a lot of boxes to different influences. Mm-hmm. I think it's quite hard to gauge the ROI on it because you have some influences that um, that will do you know that will get you hundred sales, and you got some influences that will get you nothing. Yeah. Um, what we found quite useful is actually turning all the influencer content into ads. So then you can actually test um, all the content and then you've got, at the minimum, you've, you've got someone to create some nice content for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Almost user-generated content, sort of, not quite, no. Mm. But uh, And was it just a matter of sending out boxes to influencers that you'd identified or did you pay some of the influencers to promote the, you know, the product? Yeah, so we mainly did free product um, uh-huh. unless it was super relevant. So... Um, yeah. one of the channels that I think are quite interesting is like Facebook groups. Yeah. Um, if you can find a good engaged Facebook group, the engagement on that's quite high. Yes. So that was the channel that we would pay for. But right generally on. with influencers, we focused on more giving them product. What about something like a TikTok, which is the hot, hot topic of the times? Yeah, I think um, TikTok is something that we, uh, depends what you're selling. I think it's really good for Amazon sellers in the US, like if you're selling in the US, because mm-hmm. TikTok's audience is, is a large majority, I think, is in the US. So, I mean, it's global, right? So, yes. you have people from all over the world. Um, but I think for us, we found a lot of the engagement was from the US. So, given we didn't ship there, we yep. kind of struggled to justify a lot of the investment on it. Yeah. Um, but finding that someone who can make good videos is, is, if you can find that person, it's an amazing channel. Yeah, that's brilliant. Actually, uh, we've got Paul Barron, um, who is a TikTok marketing guru who's coming to the Amazon Collective Mastermind in July. So I'll just give the mastermind a bit of a plug. You're going to come too, aren't you? Can you come? Yes. Yes. Nice. Definitely came awesome. to come and, and learn from, from the gurus. <laughs> 
There's a few there, actually. I'm not one of them, but uh, there's, there's plenty of amazing, amazing sellers. The last one was just such a success. I've got to get uh, somebody from that previous master, that first mastermind to uh, to come on the show just to talk about it because it was amazing. Um, we all learn a lot from each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this time there's going to be a, hopefully more of a focus as well on Shopify, which is why I'm so excited to have you come along as well and talk about how to start marketing off Amazon rather than sort of purely on it and diversify your risk a little bit, which is, you know, diversify the downside. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, there's there's another guy that we met uh, actually up on the Gold Coast as well. And I, I think it was Rav who is doing, I think he's doing about $6 million a year on Amazon uh, on Shopify. Yes. And we met him at the meetup and just said, you have to come and talk to us about how you've done that because he's done a similar sort of story to you. I think it's the last three or four years he's been able to build a massive um, Shopify business. I can't remember what he's selling though, but anyway, that's okay. Maybe I should get him on the show as well. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's super exciting. Uh, cool, cool beans. Now, uh, let's uh, switch gears and talk about um, uh, currencies and air wallets and payment providers and all that stuff. So we spoke together on a panel up at the Retail Global, uh, what was it called? Retail Fest up on the Gold Coast only a couple of weeks ago. I was hosting the panels and moderating it. And you were talking to the audience about um, how to manage your international uh, payments and currencies, et cetera. Do you want to give the sort of the elevator pitch, I suppose, on on uh, how all that works with Airwallex? Uh, yeah, definitely. So just for everyone, I'm, I'm partnerships manager at Airwallex. So, um, but yeah, essentially, um, Airwallex uh, basically helps you avoid um, double conversions. So, like, we give you really cheap FX rates. Mm-hmm. Um, we do allow you to basically open um, virtual and also physical cards. We can actually help you process payments as well. Essentially, everything that a bank can do, um, we're kind of aiming to put that all into one platform using 21st mm-hmm. century technology. Um, I think that when you're starting a business, FX is probably not on the top of your forefront. At least it was never for me. Mm-hmm. Like I would use my Amex and just pay Alibaba using the credit card function because I wanted my stock ASAP. Yep. Um, but in hindsight, making those decisions to switch to like using something like Airwallex. There are other ones as well, but Airwallex is definitely the best. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no bias there. Right, okay. Um, but yeah, like using using something like like that where you can actually start saving at least, you know, close to 3% on every transaction really adds up. Mm. Um, and it might mean the difference that after 10 purchases, you can add on another SKU versus not being able to add on another SKU. Yep. And, and all that was was really just, putting in the effort to get the best FX rates because um, the margins are actually, yeah, it's between, if you're using like CBA or something, it's almost, the difference is almost three to 5%, which really adds up. Well, certainly Amazon, I think you're taking about, oh, I can't even remember now. I've just, I've never, I've stopped using Amazon's currency conversion facility years ago. So yeah, I think uh, it, solutions like Airwallex, you know, there's Pioneer, there's OFX um, here in Australia, Well First is another one. But uh, yeah, so it's it's definitely the way to go because it is a death by a thousand cuts, and everybody's got their hand out. You know, when you're receiving money from a marketplace or from you know, I don't know Stripe or whoever you're using as you as you as your merchant gateway, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, it's a uh, it's a great way to go, absolutely. Yeah, and then we're hoping to hold a meetup too at the Airwallex office. I think in a couple of weeks' time, we were talking about that off air before we jumped on the recording. Um, so stay tuned for that. I'll try and make an announcement or two about that once we've confirmed the details, but it's very kind of you to host uh, a meetup. 
Yeah. Awesome. No, we love supporting the Amazon community. We think that it's such an exciting, such an exciting space because you know you could start this as your side hustle. Yes. And it could become your full time thing, like yourself, right? <laughs> and it's pretty, <laughs> yeah, pretty right. awesome, right? Like it's 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 giving that. Um, like there's nothing like the enjoyment of getting that first sale. I know, it's super exciting. <laughs> you never forget your first sale to someone that's not your friends or family. That's right. <laughs> um, and I think Amazon's such a great way for you to start doing that because you don't need mm. to worry about the logistics. You don't need to worry about like there's enough, like all that kind of, um, yeah, like logistics and, and, and marketing even. Amazon helps with a lot of that. Um, obviously, there's a paid to play aspect of it as well. But being on a marketplace, I think, does help a lot, especially when you're starting out. Yeah, 100%. They've, well, they've, Amazon and eBay and all the marketplaces work very hard to get the eyeballs there, So, and they continue to do that. So, yeah, you might as well leverage the work that they've done. You pay you pay for that. Yeah, there, mm. there are fees, obviously. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely worth doing, and it's a great place to start, absolutely. And if you've got uh, a Shopify store as well and you've got a little bit of experience around, say, Google Ads or Facebook Ads, and uh, then, yeah, you can really get some traction there. Funny going back to the very first customer, I remember mine was a guy called Matt Treller. And he was, I think he was from San Diego back in, way back in the year 2001, I think it was, when I first started my first e-commerce business. And I'll never forget that first order that came through. And back then, Shopify didn't exist. I was using Easy Merchant Pro. It was an Australian, <laughs> Australian company. It was like a business in a box. And uh, yeah, but that, and I had that for years, that, that platform. It, it was a really solid little platform. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's, it's all changed now, obviously. But uh, yeah, no, that's brilliant. I remember our first our first sale. We ended up, you know, writing a handwritten card, and we, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was really crazy. Like the amount of effort put into that, wrapping that parcel was like so. Yep. But it was worth it because you don't yep. forget it. <laughs> you never do, do you? Yeah. No. I used to I used to run down to the post office, you know, every every day before work, yeah. after work, and deliver my sleep masks to all over the world. And people were just ordering from Australia and the United States and Finland. And, yeah, it was so exciting to be shipping all these parcels out all over the place. And Yeah. yeah so and I think Amazon's still pretty early in, like, countries like Australia and, and in other markets as well. Like, if you got – like, when I go on Amazon Australia, there are so many products that I want that there isn't there yet. So yeah, I definitely think there's, there's a lot of opportunity, um, even in the Aust- Amazon Australia space. Yeah, the, the market is – I think the catalog is still pretty thin. I find myself actually starting a search on eBay and then looking at products. The problem with eBay is it doesn't have any product reviews on it or not many. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'll start a search on eBay. I'll find the kind of product that I want to buy and then I'll jump onto Amazon Australia and then see if – yeah, because there's usually the same product being sold there for a lot more expensive. Yes. <laughs> uh, but it's got reviews on it so then I can see whether it's worth going back to eBay to get it cheaper. And uh, so I kind of just flip between the two. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else does it that way, but you know, hey, who cares? Yeah. Uh, Justin, so awesome to uh, to catch up today. Um, really appreciate your time. What? Uh, how do we get in touch with you if we wanted to do that? Um, find me on LinkedIn. So feel free to add me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on there. So you can always shoot me a message. More than happy to, to catch up and chat. Awesome. Um, so LinkedIn it is. Nothing on Facebook. Nothing on an email address. Uh, email, yeah, you can catch me on email. So justin.quang at airwallx.com. Easy. And then the website address is bubble tea club. Yep. Dot com dot au. Beautiful. Not dot com peeps. <laughs> and uh, and then of course there's Airwallex as well, which is I'm assuming airwallex.com. 
Oh, I think we just dropped out there. Sorry. <laughs> if we did, we just dropped out at the very last moment. And then I'll just say that again. Probably it's going to be airwellex.com, I'm assuming, is it? Or .com.au? Yes. But we're going to put together a special uh, offer for all your listeners where they can get oh. 20K worth of free FX. So, um, yeah. So if you sign up with airwellex.com slash the Australian seller, Ooh. Um, you'll get 20K worth of free FX and also priority onboarding. And you can that, also catch up with me. <laughs> <laughs> and why wouldn't you want to do that? That is actually a huge surprise. I wasn't expecting any kind of offer like that. So airwallex.com forward slash the Australian seller. Amazing. Mate, thank you. I didn't you they kept that up your sleeve, didn't you? you <laughs> get those cards tight to your chest there. Good on you, Justin. Thank you so much again for coming on the show. And uh, let's catch up in a couple of weeks at the meetup. Awesome. Wonderful. Looking forward to it. Links and show notes for this episode can be found over at theaustralianseller.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or your favorite podcast platform. Sign up to my email over at theaustralianseller.com and I'll send you a note each time I publish a new podcast episode. Thanks so much again for listening.